How's it going? This is Francesco from Light the Torch, and you're listening to my chapter of As the Story Grows. Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, Light the Torch guitarist Francesco Artiozato joins the podcast. I really hope I pronounced your last name correctly, Fran. Fran chats about moving to and adjusting to life in America, how joining All Shall Perish was a dream come true, the transition from the devil you know to Light the Torch musically, and how COVID delayed the band's new record, You Will Be the Death of Me. You Will Be the Death of Me will be released this Friday, June 25th on Nuclear Blast Records. Make sure you check it out. This was a blast, and I hope you guys enjoy my chat with Francesco from Light the Torch. in Italy, born yep. and raised, uh, like north of Italy. And uh, at some point I figured out I was going to, you know, do something crazy and move to the States and be <laughs> in <the region. laughs> What was growing up like? Uh, just uh, like very mellow. I like, I grew up in a, in one of those small medieval towns you know, <laughs> nice. just, like, with like medieval walls all around it. And it was like very, very nice. You know, you feel very safe growing up, just yeah. like everybody's kind of nice to you. And, and then obviously you, you move to like a big city. It's like at yeah. first I moved to Boston and that was already <laughs> like a big, big shock for me. But especially like even after like after three years, three and a half years in Boston and moved to LA, that was just like, holy cow, this is. I mean, I had been to, to big cities before. Right? Yeah. It's a whole different thing when you when you live in one and then you start, you know, experiencing the people and all that. And, you know, just like a lot of stories like you see in the movies, you know, just. Right. Uh, but but yeah, it's like uh, it's, it's been a journey, but a good one. And uh, honestly, like was one of the best things I've done you know, in my life was moving to the States because of uh, I had kind of like a, I figured out. You know, I had a plan, you know, and, and that plan was not going to work in Italy. Yeah. Obviously, that uh, did come with, the, you know, a bunch of, you know, not happy things like like not being around family. Yeah. And because that's that's the main thing. Like I besides like, you know, I'm married. Uh, I've, been, I've been married for 10 years. Yeah. And my wife is also not from the States. So we oh. literally don't have family. Yeah. You anymore. just have each other. Yeah. So it's, you know, you learn how to live like that. And, you know, during the time like this pandemic and all that, it's like, I've uh, yeah. been to Italy in like two years at this point. And, uh, oh, man. You know, 
it's you know it's kind of like the price to pay to to be able to do careers that are you know quote unquote different yeah yeah follow your dream and yeah i imagine the shock of moving to uh boston east coast like people a little gruffer a little meaner than i imagine oh in God. small town italy <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we're built differently over here <laughs> yeah like i remember like me just not knowing not not really knowing what's going on it's just like uh as soon as i moved there, i remember it was like i was i think i was like lost it was like I was trying to find a place and i asked uh a cop. I saw a cop and just like walked towards them. Like last, the guy looked at me, just wanted to kill me. He's like, "We're not here to give you directions." And I was like, "Holy!" Like in Italy, you know, you you talk to police, like you just, you know, the person that is working at the supermarket. It's the yeah. same thing. It's like it's not really like oh, I I should, you know, fear you or anything. Yeah. Like so, yeah. There's many situations where it just be like. Uh, you know, or or things where you you like they ask to show you to show them your ID. Yeah. They look at your ID is like this is this is fake. Yeah. Like, this is fake. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, America. What got you into music? Well, um, like I I really like you know I, I was uh, passionate about music even before I decided to be a musician yeah and uh i just you know grew up in the family you know you listen to a lot of music a lot of different kinds of music and my parents would take us to concerts you know there'd be like classical music it'd be like pop would be rock would be like literally anything you know mm -hmm. and uh and i think obviously that was like a big thing and uh, the fact that also like my cousin and my brother played guitar but for some reason i never thought about playing guitar because they were already doing it yeah. and so when i was about 14 i kind of like I, I had a friend who was playing the saxophone and i asked my parents like hey can i can i try that but and i did for a few years and it just like was not my thing yeah. i was just uh but then like for me like until like 19 i was told it was all about martial arts i was like oh, yeah. and then i i injured myself and then uh, it was one of those things where, you know, it was like my right foot. And then they told me, like, you won't be able to really, you know, stand on your and then put any pressure oh, on your foot, like for six months. And so that was like, you know, shocking for me. It's like, what am I going to do now? Like, I'm, you know, this is what I, I do. And this is my, you know, I would like train four or five times a, a week in different, like different dojos and stuff. And, and so... At that point, it's just, I guess, having guitars sitting around at home. I uh, just like <laughs> picked one up and then my brother showed me the uh, smoke in the waters, the, nice. the, the riff, right? Yeah. And then like right after kind of, I just like, you know, started getting like more and more interested. And within a week, I was just completely sold. I was just like, this is it, man. This is uh, I was already telling my, my parents, like I already found the school. It's like Berkeley college of music. I need to move to Boston. Nice. This is what I want to do. And I was 19. My parents were like, well, you're, what about university and all the normal things? So, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, uh, pretty much I, I fell in love right away. You know, it's a uh, special. That's awesome. Were, were you already a fan of metal then or? Yeah, I was listening to some metal, nothing like too extreme. I was it's yeah. most mostly like rock and stuff. Like my brother had some some bands he was playing that were like more like metal. 
Yeah. And, and obviously like, it's to me, it's right away. I kind of, you know, it was just fun to, to listen to music where, you know, you would hear the instrument I was learning more. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then you hear all the solos and I started getting like into all the guitar heroes, Steve Vai, <laughs> Joseph Pan, yeah. you know, the England Malmsteen and then uh, bands like dream theater. And then so it's just like, like all the technical stuff. It's uh yeah. So yeah. That was like, so if you just picked up guitar at 19 and then we're like, I'm going to Berkeley to learn to play guitar and master this. You never played in bands up to that point. No. And, uh, and so like I went to Berkeley, it took me like two and a half, three years to, to kind of like get to that level. First of all, you, you need uh, to audition and you need to yeah. get, you, they need to accept you. And, uh, and also being Italian, I had to, I, I did, couldn't really speak English. Yeah. So I had to take English class classes to, to pass like some tests just to oh, be able to, you know, and then, um, did that. And then meanwhile, you have to wait for all the, all the paperwork with like the visas and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like that takes a long time. Yeah. And meanwhile, I was just like, just studying all day long, just, uh, and then, uh, I went to a music school over there and then I had like different teachers, but just like trying to just be ready for I, I knew already is like what you know what was needed like yeah. uh at berkeley so i was like preparing kind of like and in fact i was able to basically skip the the first year at berkeley oh, wow. because you know so just preparing the right things and uh yeah so just a lot of a lot of practicing and now going to school <laughs> yeah yeah what was that experience at berkeley like for you oh it was amazing i was literally like was it feels it feels like the first time in my for, for the first time in my life it felt like I, w- I was in the right place yeah it felt like all these people are like me you know just like yeah. they're so passionate about something and then i always i don't know it's just like especially the last few years before uh, moving to the states i was kind of like having a hard time connecting because again it was like it was my i guess um my fault for being just like only caring about yeah. <laughs> you know, playing guitar, but even with like friends and like, I was just not interested in doing the things that you, you supposed to kind of want to do, you know, yeah. go out and, you know, hobbies or anything. It was just like, I, this is what I don't want to do. And then, and the fact that I knew I was starting late because yeah. everybody was telling me, it's like, wow, 19 is kind of late. So you better, you know, figure things out pretty fast. Yeah. And so, when I got to Berkeley, you know, just like, wow, all these people are like me. That's all they care about is just music and hang out with musicians. And, and so it's like, yeah, just like from like meeting one of my best friends, absolutely best friend. And, and who was like my roommate mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the group of people that we just had like over there of just like friends and just be, going to concerts and, you know, hang out, play together and, talk about music and yeah it just like and for the first time it's like wow going to school is so easy it's like yeah. i don't even you know it's just like they they tell you like oh you study this it's like i was gonna study this no matter what so yeah yeah so it's like uh such a good experience and, and it was also in a way it almost felt like at first like the first you know few months were really rough like i was literally i had to tape every class like when i'm being class i would have to record everything and then i would go home and listen to it back because i couldn't really understand half of the stuff they were saying uh, yeah. 
because they were like teachers would speak fast, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, but I, I picked up like, uh, probably like in six months, I was finally able to just like follow, you know, uh, classes and everything correctly. And, and then, uh, yeah, after that, that was like kind of like the difficult time to get adjusted after yeah. that, like it almost became like the easiest time in my life. Yeah. It's literally like you live, I lived, uh, not in the dorms, but nearby a school. So just wake up, go to school and go to a bunch of classes that you're super interested in. Yeah. And then that's it. That's your day and just practice. And yeah, so it's, uh, easy. It's what came after it. It was like when, after I graduated and I moved to LA, that was the toughest, you know, time of my life for sure. Yeah. So were you just focused on school while you're at Berkeley or were you like looking at bands and playing with other people around that yeah, time too? So I also started playing, uh, with a band and it was all like people from Berkeley. Okay. So, um, and that's actually when we moved to LA, I have a degree from in uh, film scoring from Berkeley. Okay. And so, and the drummer that I was playing with also had a same degree. So obviously for us it makes sense to, you know, the place where you move to yeah. is LA. And so the rest of the band moved also to LA, but the bass player, the bass player stay on the East coast, but yeah. So when I, I moved to LA, you know, it was really focused on, we were really focused on just like make the band like happen, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and meanwhile, looking for jobs for, yeah. you know, anything that was like film scoring related. That's cool. Have you done any film scoring since then? Uh, I did like the first few years. I like actually my first job here in LA, I worked, um, you know, the, Obviously, I'm sure you're familiar with Big Brother, uh, yeah. the reality show. So I was like working the audio music department for for two seasons, okay. and then uh, and then I I was like doing some other projects like uh, uh, student film kind of like uh, projects and stuff like that. And then uh, I started assisting a composer here, and actually it was the com this composer who told me. Uh, like he knew how much like I wanted to actually tour and play. Yeah. Right. And he actually kind of motivated me to just like focus on that one thing, you know, because I kept saying like how much I wanted, you know, to just try that and travel yeah. and, and do things. And so, and I think it was like, at that point I, I decided like, okay, the film scoring thing, I mean, for me, the film scoring uh, degree was also because once you're in school, I felt like just, go to school just to play guitar kind of felt yeah. like almost limiting. It's like, yeah. I can't, you know, it's like, I want to learn like other things that I'm probably not going to be able to learn later on. Yeah. And, uh, and so with film scoring, there's a lot of composition. So you, you learn, you know, you do like all the, you know, classical composition, a lot of that. And then you do all the, like, uh, you know, music technology, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, classes. So you start, like learning that's when I started to learn how to edit the uh, audio files and, and things like that, how to program MIDI. Hmm. And, and this is years ago. So it was like, still yeah. like not now it's like pretty much everybody's every, even everything's kind of easier also to do. Right. But yeah. At that time it was like, um, it was, it was a good introduction for all that and being able to finally record myself and do things like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, w- I went to school for uh, recording engineering and everything was like analog. And then it was like quickly everything switched to Pro Tools right after I graduated. And it was like, oh, okay, okay great. So what was the trajectory that led you moving to LA into where you joined uh, Allshaw Parish? Well, so when I was in LA, like I was saying, like uh, playing with my mm-hmm. band. Uh, at that point, uh, finally, my band was like, you know, getting some good gigs here and here and there. We what was like- the name of that band? Kiss of Atrocities it was a, like that prog death metal, just yeah. you know, it's like that kind of stuff. It's like you know, typical like oh, we're we're students, we we know all the, you know, the we're pretty good with you know techniques and stuff and yeah. <laughs> music theory. So we're trying to do all that in songs that kind of <laughs> don't make too much sense, but you yeah. know, just you know, so it's you know, if after graduating, you kind of it's common that you want to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and actually, uh, we played a, one of those shows here in LA that you know the 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 infamous shows where you're like pay to play basically you have to yeah. sell a million tickets. Yeah. And then we were we were supposed to open. The deal was like we were opening for Divine Heresy, and we actually had to play after Divine Heresy. Oh no! So it's one of those things like pretty much everybody left, and it's just like our friends. And us playing, but the tour manager of Divine Heresy saw us play, and then uh, after the show, he you know he started talking to me. He stayed there. He talked to me, and he's like, "Dude, great playing." Uh, blah blah blah. So we started kind of like hanging out a little bit, and uh, yeah, and uh, shortly after, uh, well, actually, probably a few months later, but yeah, through him, he knew the manager of Osha Parish, and he had. Osha Parish, the, they were looking for a guitar player, and that's how they, you know, this guy, this tour manager, told them about me. And so that's basically how, you know, I got the, you know, the connection. And then once they hit me up, they asked me to, you know, in order to audition to film some stuff, mm-hmm. which I did right away. And uh, in the same week, th- that weekend, they already flew me to San Francisco and then. You know, they told me like if you're if you're in, if you're you know up for it, like we we go on a tour in two weeks. It's like wow, this is awesome. It's happening. What was that experience like for you? I mean, it probably wasn't your first time in studio and, and playing gigs, but what was that experience on a bigger stage? Yeah, I mean, the first, actually, the first run with Osha Parish was with Danzig. Oh, we wow. Direct, direct support for Danzig. And actually, it was a really bizarre tour because, uh, I mean, Danzig fans are not really, you know, they don't really want to hear a band like Osha Parish. Yeah. So, so it was actually like, Weird, but I understood it's like, you know, obviously that was like probably not exactly our crowd. And then uh, shortly after we had a summer slaughter, which was like six weeks in the States, just, uh, you know, playing shows with like 10, 11 bands, something like that. Yeah. And then, and I mean, obviously on that, on that tour is like, it's perfect for that kind of music. Yeah. And we're 
insane. So right away, as I felt, this is pretty awesome. And uh, shortly after we went to Europe, that was my first European tour. And that was like really cool tour. And uh, yeah, so after that, just time to uh, record the new album. And uh, it was awesome that both the the new drummer and I, new drummer Adam and and I were involved, Mm -hmm. you know, right away, just like write songs and, and do your things. Yeah, so it's just like really, really, you know, exciting because also like when things start moving, so you get, you know, like companies that started like, you know, want to endorse you and, and things like that. And those are the things, you know, when I started playing, you know, you look at like a guitar um, catalog and you mm-hmm. see the pictures like, wow, one day, you know, and those things start happening. You start, you know, doing interviews, start seeing like yourself, like featuring magazines and so it was like at first like you know it was like so so much excitement yeah What happened is like uh, at this point, probably five, six years, six years ago, something like that. I guess there was like a like there was a lawsuit with the basically the original drummer from the band suing the the new band, basically oh. the newer band, which was like uh, whoever was left in the band, yeah. and uh, that created a lot of issues. Because at that time we were working on album five, which oh. basically was done. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it was like basically ready to get get mastered. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, we can't release it. There's a lawsuit, and that thing kept going for years and years. And uh, and now it's like it's still very complicated. So oh, yeah. it basically became like you can't do anything with this name anymore. Oh man! And, um, and then thank God, actually, I started. This was like a year and a half before I started. We had started Devil, you know. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, well, okay, uh, well, I'm just gonna focus on this. Yeah. And um, so I was lucky to have that, you know. Yeah. How'd that uh, start? How'd you get connected with uh, Howard? So the, uh, the um, drummer we had uh, John yeah. and uh, John Sankey. Uh, and I, we met here in LA. He was also like at the time when I was playing with his atrocities, he was playing with his own band. And, uh, that's how we got in touch. And we always talked about like, at some point, maybe let's write some songs. And then yeah. finally in between tours with all Parish, I started working on, uh, some of the stuff with him. And, uh, once we got to like something like 10 demos, things like that, we were thinking like, okay, stuff sounds pretty good. We should try to find a singer and uh, pretty much like he had a contact, he had Howard's contact through um, Howard's old publicist. And, um, and then we're just like, okay, let's give it a shot and send him an email. And then Howard didn't reply for probably like two weeks. And all of a sudden replies, like I'm into this. And, uh, and that's, that was it. It's like, okay, I'm going to come to LA. And uh, as you can imagine, like, as soon as Howard, like, 
that was you know doing music again we had a lot of interest from like oh, record yeah. labels and managers and and so already the first time he came down we, we were like meeting managers and talking to labels and and then very quickly became like oh you know we we're gonna do a record and yeah. we're gonna go on tour and we're gonna all all these things and none of us were prepared i mean i was actually at first i was stressed out because i had you know the schedule with Osho Parish, so i was like also thinking like i'm gonna make this thing work yeah but then at the same time like basically at the same time like Osho Parish was just all that crap started happening and then yeah. by the time i was done with that band you know you know kind of uh yeah we we started being very busy with that you know so yeah. it's like that's how it happened <laughs> Was there any, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but like that expectation you start a new band and then someone like Howard comes in and like there's a built-in fan base there. What What's that experience like as opposed to something different and fresh? I mean, you kind of came into an existing band previously as well. Yeah. Well, I think like, well, first of all, it was like this, this one time, like it felt good because yeah. this was the band that we were starting, right? The three of us were starting a band. And even for Howard, I mean, he would say like with the with Killswitch, it's not a band that yeah. he started, right? Yeah. So that was the excitement of like we're all starting fresh. We all. The weird thing is that obviously being that he was doing music again, we started getting like so much feedback from producers, managers, label. Everybody had had an idea what the band was gonna was supposed to sound like, yeah. right? So. I mean, to be honest, like even the, a lot of the demos are like the things that we we're trying to do kind of started getting changed. And obviously there'll be like people being like, Hey, fans are going to expect a certain kind of sound, mm -hmm. but we were like, but yeah, but we don't want to do that. So that was definitely, you know, it's like, uh, like I, I'd say like, it was, was not easy at, at first. And yeah. I think like uh, that's also why it kind of took us, a little bit with the second record and then finally when we were free to finally do what we wanted you know with light the torch that's yeah. when it really feels like that's when we started the band that we were supposed to start you know yeah yeah more more legal troubles leading to another band uh not dysfunction yeah. but a, a change in name with light the torch like that first record is so different from the devil you know material did you feel yeah. a freedom like did it feel like a new project where you could do different things? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's for us was like starting from scratch. That was yeah. like a new, new project. Just if, I mean, the three of us, like, you know, bass player, Howard and I, Brian, Howard and I basically, you know, that's what we were doing with devil, you know, uh, I mean, we also with that drummer and yeah. John who was also the, 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 the main issue for us, you know, why we decided to change name. So, I think like at that point, it really felt like now we, we can start, you know, fresh, we can do exactly what we want. And, yeah. um, 
And yeah, and I think first of all, we're all in a better place mentally in life and just like things just, you know, I don't know, just like, a, I don't want to say like a second chance or second opportunity yeah. because, you know, a lot of people still think it's, they, they still see the two bands as kind of the same band. We just yeah. changed them. But yeah. for us, it's completely different band, you know, yeah. and um, it, it does feel like a different band. It's just yeah. the same people, but yeah, almost the same people. Yeah, it's like a refresh button because, like, there's definitely a sonic shift in sound from Devil You Know to Light the Torch. Yeah. 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 How, how'd you guys end up going with Nuclear Blast? Well, so uh, we were signed to Nuclear Blast at, with Devil You Know, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and that, at, that, at that time, it was just like uh, we had talked to other labels and we had meetings with other labels, but, you know, having Monty Connor yeah. from, you know, it's like, like a legend in the music industry, yeah. like being so pumped about us doing something, you know, it was like, it was really cool. And uh, yeah, it's been like a good partnership. I, I, I would say like throughout this whole time, obviously after the second record that we know with the, again, having legal yeah. with the name and all that, even the label would just like, Holy cow, it's like, what's going on? Also, because Osho Teresh was also... Yeah, Nuclear Blast. <laughs> so, they probably, they must have thought, like, okay, when Francesco's doing a band, <laughs> like, drummers give trouble, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, but no, it's like, uh, once we, basically, like, I think what was cool, that actually, like, we didn't know what was going to happen with Light the Torch in terms of being with the same label. We didn't yeah. even know they we're gonna want it right yeah so we decided us as a band we funded like the pre-production the recording, oh. and the, the recording of the first light of torch because we said like we really believe in this and once labels will hear it we have no you know no doubt that we'll find a place and then uh nuclear bus were actually the first to hear the you know the first few demos mm-hmm. And right away, just like, oh, yeah, now, like, we didn't know you guys wanted to do this. Now, yes, we absolutely want it. And so it was like, you know, and same thing with this, you know, record. I, I'm like, it's been, it's been so good at this point. It's like, it feels like, you know, you always hear stories of people being signed to labels where you feel like you don't matter. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, and I mean, I kind of experienced that with my solo project, you know, yeah. when, you know, it's, it, it does happen. But in the, with this label, like knowing that, you know, they really care and, uh, you know, it, it's, it just feels good. It just feels good. You don't feel ripped off like many people, many musicians would say about labels. And uh, yeah, for us, it's just being a great relationship. We, you know, hang out with Monty like anytime we can, yeah. you know, on, on the road. And he's, he's, he's a great guy. He's got, you know, it's like, it's a very, it's a very, very good family, you know, now.
you guys are going to release your second full-length record. You will be the death of me on June 25th. How'd you guys get hooked up with Alex from Whitechapel to play drums on this album? Yeah, so um, after the first record and when we started touring, uh, when we decided to move on with the different drummer, because like, as I mean, as people can imagine, like that's why kind of, as of right now, it's like even band photos, the three of us, because of, yeah. you know, it's like before that, we, we just like, the band is the three of us and then, I'd rather hire a drummer with my with my previous experience at this point. I'd rather <laughs> hire a drummer and uh, and go on tour with them and and then and then see later on it's like how things you know work out, yeah. Develop. Yeah. And uh and so we, we needed a drummer for uh for the second half of the you know album cycle. And uh and for me, I just being a fan of Alex, I I got in touch with him. He was like too busy with his schedule with touring, watch up and all that. So that didn't work out. But when was time for us to, to do the record, you know, to me, that was like, you know, ideally, like I want, I would love to have him play. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I told everybody and even like met um, even the producers and then they were familiar with him and everybody was on board, obviously. And, you know, once we, got in touch with him. He was available. That was, uh, that was really awesome. And, uh, yeah, just such a smooth, you know, like a process with the, with him in the studio, preparing the songs, just recording it, it, The guy's a maniac. He's, yeah. he's, he's such an incredible drummer. He's, you know, and, and, and not only is one of those drummers that who can basically play anything, but it's also has like an understanding of like, musical sense of like what the song's supposed to be and uh yeah so it was like obviously with us like being uh we're one of those bands that you know like uh especially like when when i write music i try to have every element like already kind of uh figured out even mm -hmm. the drum so but obviously i it's not that i'm programming drums because you know, I think I'm, I'm better than the drummer. Yeah. It's just that you have an idea like of the grooves, right? Yeah. And the grooves are such an important part of a song. And uh, a guy like Alex, he, he literally in every part, I was like shocked even being at the studios, like how, you know, he would keep basically the same grooves, but yeah. add this flair, this like just uh, great musicality to the, to, to the parts and, and it just, you know, and, and it makes it sound like, a, I think, in a way, a drummer can really make a band sound modern. Yeah. In, uh, in, in, in the way that it's like, on this record especially, like, there are, it's one of those things, like, if you just listen to a song once, you probably be like, oh, yeah, it doesn't seem like too difficult. But then once you're actually really listening to what it's doing, it's like, it's, you know, that stuff's not easy. Yeah. And, uh, but it's also like, it's not, it's not really what's important that it's easy or not easy. It's just that it does sound like there's an extra layer of interest to me when I listen to a record played by a great drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Like the opening to more than dreaming that kicks off the whole record is like this phenomenal, like, yeah, his drumming's great. It sounds yeah. great on this record. Were you trying to do something musically in your writing on this record than even the previous, uh, light the torch record? 
if it was, if I wanted to do something different or yeah, or, yeah. Were you, was your intention in writing to do something different, maybe more melodic or just, yeah. I mean, I, I think like, so the, I think the record, the, the previous record, um, I guess was not as planned as this one was, okay. um, like, uh, basically, basically with the starting a new band with the first record and just presenting music that we didn't really know at that point, mm -hmm. how people were going to, you know, react to it. It's like, yeah. even the, the, the two main singles from the previous record are songs that kind of, I don't think people would have expected from a band like us. Cause mm -hmm. they're like, you know, quote unquote, very commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but once we saw the, the, like the response and like, at that point it's like, it felt like, okay, now we have the confidence that we can really push and develop that element. Right. Yeah. And so that was like a conscious effort, I think, like uh, from the get go to start with the, with that in mind. And, uh, and, and I think of just the fact that we're more and more, we're learning how to work together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and to me, I think like what it's, it's really needed is time. Like yeah. have, have, you know, being able to take your, take your time, you know, it's like take breaks in between, like for me it's, it's very important to do pre-production and then have months off. And then, uh, because like, you know, that's when I, I write and maybe I write different songs. I write mm -hmm. like, or, or I try to understand I, or no, I try or like, I'm able to understand better what, you know, I, I think like the, the music should be, you know? And, uh, and yeah, it's like the fact that, Howard more and more is, uh, you know, him and I, him and I, I think, and kind of like really musically yeah. are on the same page in, uh, in many, many ways. And, uh, and obviously like once we develop certain ideas in the studio with Howard and Ryan, there's just a, a very different, just a more natural flow. Just like things happen now just without overthinking, you know? Yeah. And so I think like, that's kind of how this record, how I see it, like kind of like things happen more easily. You yeah. know, it's like you had to almost like, I don't want to say force, but you had to just kind of really try hard to make things happen before. And now just things happen, you know, just, yeah, you know, you know I, I, yeah, I write something and send it to Howard and then it's just, he shows up and he does like first take and amazing melodies and everybody's yeah. like mesmerized, like what? And he's always like, <laughs> in the studio it's so much fun to just be there because he's always like oh i think it's gonna suck but let me give it a shot <laughs> and then he goes in the booth and then he does like a take and everybody's like wow what a melody what a just like yeah <laughs> so it's a it's a pleasure to to just work together yeah yeah you have a repertoire now where you like know how you might approach something or write to his Absolutely. vocal style more than you did at the beginning Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, that, that's, that's a big plus now. Just like no, understanding like he's, he's, uh, his skills, abilities, it's like just more. And it also is like, well, I mean, since we talk so much, like also knowing what he wants to do, it's like yeah. what he wants to moving forward, what he's trying to do, where like he's, uh, you know, so it's, uh, we're both like all three of us, we're not a, 
afraid or really like, you know, for what we know, like the next record could be very different. It's like, yeah. it just like, it, it's, it's, it got to feel right for us first, mm-hmm. you know? And then, uh, and then we, I think we're, we're pretty confident that even if we were to do something like, you know, more in either, you know, even either heavier or not heavier and lighter in a way. Yeah. I, we're confident that it will still be, we will still be able to present a good product. Yeah. How'd the uh, pandemic affect this release? If, if at all? Well, I mean, it really did because, uh, so we finished the record, uh, end of February, 2020. Oh, damn. <laughs> so a few weeks, few weeks before the pandemic. So we finished the record and we went on tour right away. And uh, the record was supposed to come out last summer. Oh, man. And so we had all these awesome things planned for the year. <laughs> and so it literally like three days into the tour, everything got canceled, was like fly home. And what's going on now is obviously like, well, we're not putting out the record now. Yeah. And then uh, for a little bit, we were talking like, oh, maybe we'll put it out at the end of the year. And then <laughs> maybe we'll put it out at the beginning of the year. But we started seeing how things are developing mm-hmm. in a way that like we, everybody's hoping that, you know, by the end of the year, we'll be, we'll be able to just, you know, in a way or another, just yeah. be back, hopefully be on tour and, um, or at least play shows. Yeah. So, and also like for us, it gets to a point where we want to be creative. We want to do more records, you know, yeah. we just don't want to sit and wait for the record. And honestly, I gotta say like for me, it's hard to start writing music if I st- or still have a record that is not being released. Oh yeah. You know, so yeah. I kind of need to have this record to be released to finally start yeah. writing the third record. And, uh, you know, it's like, I know a lot of people used last year for, to write music. For, for me, I was like so spent after the, after being done to studios, like just, you know, it was just, basically a year, a year and a half of just working on the music and between like demos, pre-production in the studio and just uh, revisions over and over. Like, you know, just, I got very obsessed with the stuff. And this time I got way more obsessed than I ever been anything. And so after I like, for me, I, I remember like the feeling like of going on tour. I was so happy because I said, this is the best way to just now put this, behind it's like it's done and, and now you I had to just sit on it <laughs> yeah and now you know i can just enjoy going and play shows and and do the other the other side of this job right it's really felt needed but yeah obviously it didn't happen yeah so a year later it's finally coming out i mean yeah. are you guys planning or hoping or thinking like in september world tour or like maybe december like is it just like we have to get this out to be done with it to get it out yeah, uh, so right now there's like a sh- shows starting to be to get announced mm-hmm. for like fall, and uh, I, I'm seeing there are even bands are announcing things in July and August. So yeah. it's I don't know. Yeah, but, you guys are supposed to play Furnace Fest, right? Yeah, we have yeah. a couple of festivals in September, and so we're trying to figure out right now other possible. You know, yeah. it's like obviously knowing that everything in a matter of like a day or two, could, everything could get canceled. Mm-hmm. Cause like, yeah, I think go back to the way they were a year ago. It's like, 
no, you know, no shows again. Yeah. So it's, it's just now, now matter, just like fingers crossed and let's hope that, you know, we progressively get things get better. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.